0: No, but so here, this is a time we kind of gone through the offense. We threw a few people out there, not a ton, but we're going to try something new this year. So every week we start uh, eight people on defense, two defensive linemen, two linebackers, two defensive backs, and two flex players. And so along with our, you know, we'll we'll make some notes about whether we're recommending them or whatever. But this week, instead of doing that and grading ourselves on defense, we're going to draft We'll, we'll draft half and half. I'll take one of each position, including a flex. You take the other. And we're going to put out a free agent defense every week and see how we fare against the rest of the league for defensive points only and see if we can beat the at least beat the league average by picking up guys off the waiver wire. You're quote, unquote, picking them up. Um, people that are on right. the waiver wire when we record, even if they get picked up the next day, that's going to be our defense, and we'll see if we can beat what everyone else is doing. So... I know Yeah, had, we talked about this. I
1: like this idea.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think actually you had come up with it and I just sort of ran with it. But are you are you prepared to draft the defense? Yes. All before
1: right. we started this podcast, I I was looking at enough where I was like, yeah, I, I can draft.
0: All right, perfect. Yeah, so we're gonna do it. And like I said, we'll do it well, we'll say every week. We'll see what happens, but that's the plan.
1: Yeah, we'll do it every week until there's absolutely positively nothing to pick up. Well, you know what? It's defense. I, I think we'll be good.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. Be- for a couple reasons. One, none of us, myself included, dedicate the amount of roster spots to defense that are quote-unquote allocated to defense. Like, none of us are c- carrying that much depth, so there's always defenders out there. Like, if everyone carried eight backups on defense, there'd be a lot more offensive talent on the waiver wire and a lot less defensive. But that, that's not how anyone plays the game. I mean, even super defensive man Jeremy doesn't have that many guys uh, on defense on his on his uh, bench there. Exactly. But yeah, so we'll do All it. Right. We'll just we'll just go by position by position: defensive line, linebacker, defensive back, and then we'll pick a flex. And uh, yeah, so why don't you start off with the defensive lineman? All
1: right, I'll take the cherry. I'll take the Forrest Buckner. Okay. I definitely think he should be
0: a rosterable guy. He he's been solid for many years. He is now yeah, the I, the. The one thing I'll say, he's expensive. He, yeah, he was from my team, so I know his his salary is up in the twenty five thirty dollar range. I forget exactly, but that that's just one side note. But if you pick him up for a one year deal and you have more than twenty five dollars of cap space, who cares? <laughs> like it's not real money. So yeah, I th- I think that's a good one year pickup. He's a solid solid player.
1: Well, well, that's why I did with the linebackers for the record. So uh, like, if everyone didn't notice, I picked up two linebackers and they were. 30 ish dollars. I don't remember exactly. It's fake money. Like they're, they're one year deals. They go away at the end of the year. You know what? But they're good players sitting out there. And you yeah. know what? Someone, someone's got money to pick up Buckner. And Buckner's probably a top 12 offensive lineman. Yeah. What he is historically.
0: He, he's typically in that range. You the, worst know, top finish, the worst finish
1: I've seen is 17. Yeah. So he's been between 14 and 17 his whole career.
0: Yeah, and so that's two
1: of them, so he is startable.
0: Yeah, that's in a league where we start at least 24 defensive linemen every week, plus whatever flexes. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good one. All right, who you got for defensive line? All right, so the guy I'm picking up is this Uchenna Nwosu, the guy from uh, the, that the Seahawks picked up this year. He used to be on the Chargers as a rotational piece, and uh, now he's moved to yep. Seattle. The reason that he's on my list, as opposed to – Like you could look at it, Jerry Hughes, you know, I mean, we talk about the old guys and how they can still play a a lot. And uh, I mean, Hughes played 55% of the snaps compared to Nawasu's 59. There's some other guys that were up in the fifties that had okay weeks. But the thing that really jumps out at me for Nawasu is he's, he's an outside linebacker. So he has dual linebacker, defensive line eligibility. And those guys typically 99.9% of the time, you want to put them in your defensive line spot. But the thing that makes it interesting is the fact he had seven tackles. Tells me he's probably playing a little bit more of a linebacker role. But I also know that he's still got some. He's still pass rushing a fair amount, but they're using him to set the edge in the run defensive, re- run defense too. So if you get got a defensive lineman that racks up seventy tackles and still gets a couple sacks on the year, that's going to be a solid, solid pickup. I mean, this is a guy that I'm borderline looking at picking up for my actual team uh, for that reason. You know, even if I just ride him for a few weeks and if he drops down to two tackles a week, like most defensive linemen, then i probably move on. But that's something that's worth watching because he was a guy that did well in that department with the Chargers. He just never got high snap counts to really show that off.
1: Right. He was a rotational guy through his whole career. And and like you were saying, and I can't say this enough. If a guy's actually playing linebacker and has defensive lineman eligibility like that is huge. Because yeah. the defensive linemen don't get a ton of tackle. I mean, what's a good tackling year for a defensive lineman? Forty.
0: Forty. Yeah. Like, like the
1: tackle numbers, give or take. But the tackle numbers are usually not huge. So now you're really depending on sacks. Yeah. And unless you got the three guys that are going to hit 17 sacks, then there's everybody else. So, no, I, uh, like you said, I, I, I've taken, I've taken a look at them for my own team. Yeah. Uh. So, Kind of hoping he'd, he'd be missed along the way, but you know what? Not not upset that you're bringing him up on here. And, and these are and we talked about this last year. Sometimes you have to get these guys early and set them, play them, whatever you're going to do, and just see where the consistency goes. If he has another week or two like this, he's going to go from after we talk about him here, what three four dollars maybe. Yeah, he's going to go up to $10, 12 So. Oh. And maybe he'll be your defensive end for five years, three years, for that whatever it is. So we sure. always talk about getting defense early on here, and he just might be one of them guys
0: that uh, get him early. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely a guy to jump on. It, you know, he's he's not a guarantee, but he would be on my recommendations list just based on, like I said, the snap count and the tackles that he put up. You know, I mean, similar. The other guy I was looking at is Charles Harris from uh, from the Lions real similar situation where he was in for actually 64% of snaps. He's a dual linebacker, uh, defensive lineman. So an outside linebacker, and he's got a little bit stronger, even of a history, which is part of why I didn't put him in there. Cause I think more people will be familiar with errors. Um, but, uh, yeah. And also seven tackles. So that, that's something I really watch for closely when I'm looking at, at building up my defensive line.
1: So, and we keep referencing to these, um, snap counts yeah I think sleepers I think sleeper does their defensive differently than the offensive
0: I think that is snaps I don't think it's percentage so if I look at Nawasu here outside linebacker and that is incorrect yeah no you're right 59 snaps 89 percent. all right so I was wrong about that so I'm gonna have to vet that better before I start throwing up snaps no, that is total snaps, not percentage. So yeah, in Nawasu's case, then we're talking about eighty-nine percent, which is enormous huge. for for a defensive line.
1: Yeah, huge, huge.
0: Yeah, because yeah, so,
1: I, I usually use sleeper, and I, I always consider that the defense plays about sixty-five snaps.
0: I know yeah. sometimes it's
1: more or less, but that's just it's just the number I use. So sixty-five to snap, seventy. And then snaps. when I really search for somebody, I go to another site, obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah, dig down. Um, but no, as a as a general rule, sixty five to seventy snaps for each team. So a total of right about one hundred thirty five, hundred and forty snaps is your average NFL game. Right. So sixty five on offense. So, is, yeah.
1: So which makes him even more juicy to pick up, right?
0: Now, yeah.
1: Now you take that from what you thought was half, playing half the snaps to playing ninety percent
0: of them. Yeah. No, that's that that's is a huge. Even better jump. Yeah. But, yeah, so anyways, uh, Harris, uh, Charles Harris for the Lions is similar. That's another guy I was looking at, but Nwasu is just a little bit more intriguing to me, so that's why I threw him out there. All right.
1: Ready for linebackers? Uh, Yeah. I go first. Or you want me to go
0: first? Uh, You go first. Let's see what you got.
1: All uh, right. I know he's not super sexy, but on sleeper, he played 92 snaps, which has to be all of them. Uh, Christian Kirksey.
0: Yeah, I um, thought you would go there.
1: Just solid, never overwhelms with anything. Just a solid tackler. Never really, you know, gets a pick or a fumble recovery here and there. But I, I think he's a usable
0: guy. I think. You know, let's see where he finishes in general. Christian Kirksey so his, is a guy that does this every single year. I say his first four
1: seasons he was the number sixteen, and then he was seven, two, eleven, and thirteen. So yeah. he is
0: consistently, consistently a good player. Yeah, and every year snaps again, every uh, year someone picks him up, and every year by the end of the year someone thinks that there's a better player that's come along and drops him, and then this time week one, two, three, someone picks him up again. Like he does this every year, and he's always like you said in the top twenty.
1: Yeah, we we start two, and most of us start uh, linebackers in our flex position, so yeah, absolutely should be rostered at this point. Yeah considering he even played all them snaps. I know they went into overtime, so it was a high-snap game, but like he is on the field for every play. Third downs with the important, play, the important downs. Yep. Yeah,
0: I, I, I would recommend the pickup. Sure. All right, so... Uh, who you got? I am going to go with... I was looking at Anzalone, but Anzalone almost plays like a, an outside linebacker, defensive line, hybrid role. And I don't like putting that yep. into my uh, my actual linebacker role. I really try to avoid that. So, really, I've got it down to Jermaine Pratt, who's another guy who always – he's like Kirksey, but less. But still good enough to be on a team every single year. Gets picked up and dropped. And, yeah. So, shit. Yeah, he's lost three full
1: seasons, 16, 16, and 15. First yeah. Finishes.
0: Yeah. And that's why I compare them. Like they're just those lunch pail guys that go out, get it done. They're not flashy. They're just big enough names where a lot of us know who they are, but just not big enough to, to be that guy. And you know what? That's who I'm gonna go with. Right. I even got him on my team in the Survivor League for that for the same reason as he's just always he's just always good. Not great, but he's like better than fine. Like then he has some down weeks and you drop him and then you're like, Oh yeah, there's Jermaine Pratt. So, yeah, that's going to be my guy. Uh, I,
1: I I like the pick. I mean, it's uh, again, like you said, he, he, is, he is exactly what I picked, right?
0: Yeah. I think
1: that's just just solid. You always want to replace him, you never really can. Occasionally, something pops up that you think is going to be better, and you're just, like you said, leaving them for the next guy next year. Yep. So, you no, know, I'm good with that. Yeah. And so, the when... bats are pretty juicy, too.
0: There's some interesting ones in there. I'm interested. I'm really curious to see who you pick up because I'm prepared to argue with you. (laughs) Ah, You're always prepared to argue with me.
1: (laughs) So I get to pick first?
0: Yeah, who's your guy? I'm safe. I know you won't pick my guy. Uh,
1: So I was severely, severely ready to go with Marcus May. That whole arrest thing just bothers me.
0: Oh, yeah. It's coming because that ain't his first time.
1: It's not his first time. And I just tend not to like these guys who I perceive as dirtbacks.
0: Yeah, yeah So
1: we're going to skip right over him and I'm going to go with the guy that I stared at because Jermaine Carmen Curl whoever I have for a defensive back from Washington he was out so I was looking to pick up a defensive back so I just kept looking at it looking at it looking at it looking at it and I, I actually thought it would be funny because I was playing you even going with Harrison Smith
0: oh okay well you're not getting any the argument there
1: not really sure why he's actually sitting out on the waiver wire. Because
0: like, he's
1: expensive. Is he? Okay.
0: Yeah. So yeah. This, he's one.
1: No, I didn't think he was. I thought he looked. I thought he was like six bucks.
0: Well, for me, that's expensive, but I thought he was more than oh. that. I, uh, let me see. Check the tape. Is
1: here. that why I didn't pick him up? Uh,
0: Harrison Smith, minimum salary $41.54. Oh.
1: oh, maybe I've seen that and don't remember, but
0: yeah, no, he's one of yeah. uh Team Vito's prestige backs, their defensive backs.
1: Okay. We're not picking against the cap right now, but
0: yeah. Well this the goes same.
1: back to the you you got the room, sign him for a year. He's thirty three anyways. You're yeah. only gonna have him for a year, maybe two. But if you need that player here at the end and you got the money just sitting there, again, the fake money just sitting there, yeah, go pick him up.
0: And he's he's always he's always up there. Like you've got that thing you've been picking up like their finishes over the last couple of years. What Smith's has Smith's finishes been for the last three, four years?
1: So I have, to, so Cleaver does not do a good job of this
0: and. Oh, okay. No, I thought you had, it so, handy. Don't, don't worry about.
1: It. Yeah. I, some of them are good and some of them are bad. He finished number two last year, but the year before it says he finished 456. Yeah. I know that's
0: He not did case. not
1: with, with, with 89 tackles and five
0: picks. He did not. No, I, I know for sure I, I
1: don't have a handy.
0: Having played most of his career on my Vikings, I know for sure he's been top twenty really consistently for a long time. Um, so yeah, I actually really like that one, other than than the price. But again, you know, we got people out there with a hundred and something dollars of cap space. It is fake money. If there's good players out there, like you just picked up, you were talking about it earlier. You picked up Levante David and CJ Mosley off of waivers at 30 bucks a piece. Yeah, it's kind of expensive, but you put them on one year's, they're off your team at the end of the year. Someone else can pick them up or not. It makes no difference. No one is spending $40 on the waiver wire when, when the new hotness comes out. You know, I mean, when we see players emerge on the waiver wire, we get, you know, if this year's Eli Mitchell, when he comes out because the actual Mitchell's hurt, you know, TDP, if he's on the waiver wire, he's going for 10, 12 bucks tops. Like people aren't bidding that much, so you might as well use the cap space. Is all I'm saying I'm <clears throat> guys that you're not. Yeah, playing.
1: and I had that, I had that bad mentality like last year, and like, oh, I gotta save some space and this and that. And I'm always tight against the cap. Well, the last two years, anyways. Yeah.
0: But,
1: and then this year, I, I just I was just sitting looking at my phone one day, and I'm like, why do I care? Yeah. Why Why do I care?
0: It's fake money. It's fake money. I've been preaching that since we started this league.
1: So some guys are like, oh, I really got to cut him and pay a fee for three bucks. And it's like, dude, you got like four hundred dollars in cap space. Who cares? <laughs>
0: and, and, and actually, no, you don't actually have to pay it. It's just a couple of numbers. Exactly. On, on, not on a out your pocket. Yeah. But so anyways, I thought you were going to go with Marcus Williams. And for the next couple of weeks, I wasn't going to push back too hard. But Williams is interesting because he plays a lot of snaps or he's been, you know, this week he played a lot of snaps and had a bunch of tackles, and I I think it's interesting. And I wouldn't try to talk anyone out of taking Marcus Williams' uh, safety up the Ravens overall, but I would say just watch out because there's a really interesting guy that's macking him up. You ever heard of Kyle Hamilton? I think I have heard of him, yes. I mean, that's the thing. He's a rookie. Is he going to take Williams' job? Not if he's playing like this, but this is an outlier game for Williams as well. He, he hasn't traditionally played. He's always been all right, but anyways, I thought that's where you were going to go. That's the low hanging fruit. Um, that's why I said, I thought I was going to argue with you and I wasn't going to put the pick down. Like I said, I, I might pick him up knowing that I'm going to cut him in a couple weeks. Um, but no, so the guy that I'm putting out there is, uh, Jonathan Owens, uh, safety. Now that Reed has left the Texans, he's the starting safety for the Houston Texans. And, uh, Again, going up of snaps, snap counts, new position. He's a guy that's always played pretty well. He's getting his chance as a starter. And, and so far, he's come through. So the big thing, again, that I like there, and again, there's, there's different philosophies here. Like, you're never going to hear me pick the shit-hot cornerback and hope for, hope for the interception. But I will look at the safety who posted 11 solo tackles in a pass defense. Like, that's the kind of shit. That's the stuff that's repeatable. And if you can get solid at the defensive back position, then I, I go for flash with my linebackers more. And I just want to know that I'm not getting zero points from my defensive backs. And as long as Owens holds down that job and plays all the stats, he's going to get points, I think.
1: So me, me and you view defensive backs extremely similar. Yeah. Um, and and you're, you're going on about uh, Marcus Williams. Uh, the only reason I didn't like Marcus Williams is he actually plays free safety. I think this will be a little more of a fluky game with these 15 tackles and, and or 12 tackles, whatever he had. And there's um, there is the rookie waiting in the wings. Baltimore yeah. drafts well; they took him in the first round. And the first time that you're going to know that that has switched is going to be during a game. Yeah, like, like you're not going to know that during the week and be like, oh, I'm not going to start you know, Williams now, you're you're just not going to know it. It's going to bite you in the ass when you find out.
0: (laughs) Well, and not for nothing, but he's playing opposite. I mean, you talk about the free safety. You're more concerned about that than I am, but he is playing opposite Chuck Clark. So it's not like, I mean, he's got pretty stiff tackle competition on the other side of of the the safety, you know, the safety defensive backfield. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Chuck Clark's a stud over there. Yeah, so that that's why he wasn't my pick. Um, I, I'm gonna be honest, with you, and I didn't look at the Houston guy too much, so I'm just gonna take a lot of your word for for what you're telling me on there. And so, I did just look at his his uh, stats real quick, and, and yeah. he hasn't had a chance until this year. But when they go into that role, and and I know Lovey Smith is over there. Obviously, yeah. Smith always puts together that good defense, so that that does not hurt
0: anything. And so Owens is also a free safety, which. throwing it out there. So is Ronnie Lott, but uh, I'm not, I'm not comparing the two, but the thing that makes me also more comfortable with Owens is he's playing opposite Jalen Peacher, who I think is going to be a good player, but he's a rookie, even at the strong safety spot. It just makes me more comfortable than the Williams situation. Like you said, with the rookie waiting in the wings, playing behind, you know, playing opposite part, you know? So anyways, that's, that's where I got from it. I've liked him in the past, just in, never on the fantasy radar cuz he's never gotten the snaps but if he's been elevated into that position by like you mentioned Lovey Smith that's someone I'd be really interested in and
1: and these defensive backs go like everything like get them early before they cost you 5 bucks get these guys at 2 bucks yeah you know and, and, and keep them all year so can I throw a bonus defensive back in here just cuz i sure
0: there, Are you, there's a lot him, of them that uh make him your flex
1: he's not going to be my flex Okay. So I I just, if we can give everyone a bonus, we'll give everyone a bonus. So be it. Even if you were going to go pick him up, I'm sorry. Because he was really number two on my list, and I just kept looking at him, looking at him, looking at him. And so Richie Grant from the Falcons, this is his second year, and he did not have a good rookie year. But this goes back, and you're the one that actually kind of got me on this whole thinking with him. The The Falcons always traditionally have that good, strong safety back there. And they just, they draft them, they breed them, they, whatever it is, they always got a good one. And he's kind of a guy I was interested in last year. So it's probably brought it up. The conversations me and you have had about it. He's one of them young guys that you probably want to go and get early. And he had 10 tackles this week. Maybe, maybe that's not the every week thing. Maybe it is, but you got that roster spot where he's going to be a dollar. Maybe two now that I mentioned his name, but like he's who's the Giants defensive back that you picked up last year? We kept talking about every week.
0: Yeah, Xavier
1: McKinney. McKinney, he could be that guy. And yeah. so you you probably just don't want him to float for too many weeks before you decide to go and pick him up for the dollar, put him on a two year, Mitch, put him on a two year. <laughs> but again, I, I he, he he could become a very good defensive back that you could have on your team for a couple of years. So I just. Uh, there there's your bonus cuz I, I was kind of caught in the middle of the, the two defensive backs that i actually want to take there just figure i i like the established guy a little more than the uh you know the second year guy It's only done one, really one game so far but i yeah. just uh, th- there's your bonus for the week
0: all right yeah we'll take it i i like that one actually it's that's one of the things well you were mentioning that's one of the things i talk about a lot is there's just certain that that spans across different coaching staffs different GMs, like the Broncos this week, completely new coaching staff in the building and everything. And you saw a 50-50 split with, uh, essentially with Javante and Melvin Gordon. Like there's just certain things that as they get established with teams, they just stick and it becomes part of the ethos of that team and stuff. And that that's a good example. You know, I mean, yeah. if you go back through history, that strong safety of the Falcons is always good. Going back to when they played Denver in the Super Bowl, I forget who it was now, but they had a great one. Then it turned into Keanu Neal, and you could fill in all the gaps, but just time after time after time, they fill that position with a guy that that does well there.
1: Absolutely, and it lasts for generations for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, like is the one person left in the building from 20 years ago still saying, oh, we need that safety? I mean, it's odd how that happens, but, yeah, it it just does. It's like the Falcons have had. 20 coaching staffs
0: it's like with the vikings when they draft a wide receiver who is a little or pick up because they didn't get carter as a rookie who is a bit of an underdog you know whether it's a little bit of with oftentimes with them it's character concerns but something about them is just off and then they flash at all they're going to be great and they did it with anthony carter they did it with chris carter they did it even with jake reed had a little bit of character concerns they did it with Hall of Fame Randy Moss, the, and now Justin Jefferson, who didn't have the character concerns, but he wasn't the highest rated rookie coming out in that class. Although no one will admit that anymore. I mean, the big thing right. was the the big thing that the 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 experts in quotation marks were saying, and the reason why he wasn't high on my draft board is they're like, uh he's a nice player, but he can't beat press coverage. Tell that to every cornerback in the NFL now. Yeah, but, no shit. He beats all coverage. Yeah. It, it's just something, though. Something. If the Vikings take that guy who's just a tiny bit of an underdog and he, whatever, sparks in his rookie, or his first year with the Vikes, anyway, it explodes. And it's just, for the last 20 years, 25 years, it's been that way. Like I said, I mean, all it's in it, a row.
1: It's all of recent of Adam Thielen. He was undrafted.
0: Yeah. that's or Whatever an, concerns they had about him. That's another good example. I mean, Stefan Diggs, I don't know if he was ever, he's turned into that kind of a high draft pick. No, he he was a third, fourth round draft pick. So, but that's the thing is, yeah, I I left him off the list before, but don't forget Diggs. Don't forget Thielen. Like, something about how the Vikings do it. The Pittsburgh and their receivers. I mean, shit. That's the strongest argument for picking up fucking crazy bones there, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, they just, these franchises just breed them.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. Ready for the flex? Yeah, yeah.
0: What you got? All
1: uh, right. I know you're gonna balk at this one, but I'll go anyways. Um, Leighton
0: Vander You know, you know. It's funny. I was actually got 53 snaps. Go ahead. I, I, just he was on my list. Not necessarily the guy that's going to take, but yeah. Go ahead. Got 53 snaps, nine tackles.
1: It really looks like they want uh, Parsons to rush the passer. So that middle is pretty wide open for Van to have his job until he probably gets hurt. But, again, uh, uh, another guy that when he's healthy is just a good, solid linebacker. Like he might never do anything spectacular for you, but he's going to be that seven tackles, 11 tackles. Uh, he's just going to be very, very good in the whole thing. And I know we just went on a little rant about breeding these linebackers. Yeah. Does Dallas not breed this linebacker that always gets hurt in the middle?
0: They they sure do. Sean Lee Jr.
1: Sean Lee Jr.? They, they've had a couple of them. No, they
0: have. Just Ed Sean... Norton. Yeah. Ed Norton.
1: Ken Norton. Very good, but always hurt. Ken yeah. Norton, sorry.
0: No. Ed Norton's the American History X guy. Or uh, Fight Club. Is that who it is? No. Yeah. It's,
1: it's the Honeymooners, isn't it? Uh,
0: maybe it's both. I'm pretty sure Ed Norton's the actor that but, was... Uh, Fight Club?
1: That, huh? Maybe that's where I
0: got it from. Uh, anyway. But, yeah. So...
1: But, yeah, I, again, just another very solid player. I think that job's his. I don't think there's anybody fighting him for it right now, especially if Parsons going to the edge. Yeah. Uh, I, I, again, ju- just going to put up solid numbers, and I'm only trying to beat the average anyway.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. You know, is just trying to, to put together – I mean, that's the whole thing, is we're putting this team together off of the cast-offs that are sitting out there on the waiver wire. We um, are gonna brag if we if we beat the average. We'll be a little uh, quieter if we don't. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. What if we get top three? <laughs> I'll drop my whole but offense. If we finish number one,
1: if we finish number one, we're just gonna drop the mic and never do this again.
0: Yo, it absolutely has to stop if we get first place. Oh man. I know the I know the commissioner. Make it happen. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. I'm pretty torn with my my flex. All right, so I'm going to go with this guy just to raise some awareness, I guess. Blake Martinez lost his job a week ago. I don't think anyone, maybe even including Blake Martinez, knows why. Um, it wasn't really a smart move cap-wise. Maybe he was just a bit of a locker room cancer with the new regime. Then. Who knows? Point is, he's out. And it looks like it's actually this Austin Calatro that they've gone to rather than the rookie that they got. Um, they started him. He played a, a pretty good complement of snaps. He played well. Average well, but, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it's not the strongest pick. It's not flashy. It's not necessarily a recommendation like some of the other guys, you know, Pratt, Wasu, even Owens. Um, but it's just a guy you should be aware of. Anyone who's playing that, uh, you know, going back to the thing. The guy who plays in the center for uh, the Giants tends to be a producer. You know, it was that B.J. Goodson for years. Is They just put in a lunch pail guy, a Christian Kirksey type, tends to wind up in the center of their offense or defense a lot. And maybe that's why Martinez didn't fit, is maybe he was too flashy for that spot. It's just not how they do it. But uh, I think Calitro is going to be an interesting guy for the next month or so, maybe even longer. It just depends on if he can hold the rookie off or not.
1: Um uh- I actually paid a lot of attention to that because I, I was kind of thinking that uh, Tay Crowder was actually going to get in the center there, in the middle there. Yeah. And he, he seemed to, to play up closer to the line there. Um, but yeah, that, that that's a good pick because, like you said, they, they kind of breed him there. And, and let's face the other facts of the whole thing Like pretty much all the Mike linebackers should be rostered.
0: It, Pretty or
1: close to it, except except for a handful of them that just aren't good. Yeah. But, again, you, you got one that's coming on. There, there's just a rookie behind him. And I don't, that wasn't a highly drafted rookie. What What's the rookie's name again?
0: I can't I even remember it. his name. Frankie just picked him up. Um,
1: yeah. he. I But I don't think he was highly drafted.
0: No, so nah, I think
1: – Like he's he was, really looking over his shoulder too much?
0: Yeah, he was a fifth-rounder, I know. Right. So –
1: Again, it's a little easier to hold off a fifth-rounder than it is a first- or second-rounder.
0: Yeah, Mike, Micah McFadden is his name.
1: That's it. I actually was looking at him at draft time. I was like, yeah, Martinez is there. But yeah. anyways, oh, well, I, I I like the pick. And again, you're, so, some of these picks we're giving out here are – it might be early. They might turn into be nothing, but, like, get them early. This yeah. is how you can – You know what? This is how you can manipulate the cap space a little bit, too. You know what? And and you get them early and they turn out to be solid or okay Or, you know, what? like you said, you're never happy with Christian Curtsy. But if you're paying him two bucks and he's a starting linebacker on your team or a starting flex spot, like whatever, let's go. And and he's going to finish top 15 ish.
0: Yeah. So So
1: take, take the chance, take them early.
0: So the, that's kind of the thing, you know, you were talking about earlier, you got these two sweet looking linebackers, C.J. Mosley and Levante David, uh, both at 30 something dollars each off the waiver wire this year. That's because I dropped both of them. And the reason that I could is that by doing this over the last couple of seasons, you know, I picked up Foyer Leuquan before he broke out for the Falcons for a dollar. I picked up Devondre Campbell when I saw that he was sliding into kind of the Blake Martinez role for the Packers. For eight bucks. And then that David Long as he started to break out last year. So that's kind of the game I've been playing. And I cut almost $170 out of my linebacking core. But actually, my production went up because I go and see these guys, even Okarike or O'Karake, he says it. Um, as my backup linebacker for three dollars. Shaq Leonard goes out all the time. He's kind of like Leighton Vanderash. And whenever he goes out, O'Karake becomes a really nice starter, especially since uh, Anthony Walker left the, the the Colts there. But each one of these guys, I just kind of plucked as they started showing a little bit of a sign signs of life, you know, for three dollars, eight dollars, whatever, for these lower salaries. And, and there's been probably five or ten other names that's been on that list. Leighton Vander Esch was one of them. But the ones that get hurt or don't perform or or whatever, I move on from them. But I've got them sitting there cheap, waiting to see if they break out. And then when they do. Yeah, you hold on to him. And you got yourself a defense, you know. All of a sudden, I, I made a trade right at the end of the offseason for Patrick Queen, who's 36 bucks, and I'm thinking I ought to drop him. Like, he's not any better than the guys that I picked up because I got those guys early and didn't get into the, you know, the 20 and $30 players there.
1: Right, and it just goes back to manipulating the cap. I mean, like like you said, had you missed on every single one of them guys, it costs you nothing. It costs you nothing having them. Yeah. And then, then you you just reloaded. like like what I like what I did. I had dude, I had a horrible need at linebacker. I mean, Martinez got caught. Uh, Deion Jones got hurt. I was like, all right, I'll go pick up the expensive guys right now. Dude, yeah. I would love to replace them with a couple dollar guys. I mean, well, is it, Mosley going to be light years ahead better than Kurtsey. seriously? No, no, probably not. Uh, and especially not that is going to be a couple of dollars, and Mosley's thirty. Yeah. So, but like like, them are some of the decisions you got to make. I mean, I I picked safe and said, you know what, Mosley's a top ten guy usually, and I, I take him. But again, Kersey's going to be a much much better value. And dude, what's Mo, Mosley going to finish ten? is going to finish thirteen, and the point difference is going to be what ten points? So 12? yeah,
0: in that neighborhood over yeah. a
1: season. So that that's why you got to go after these young guys. And there, again, there's a lot of people, a lot of roster spots out there that can afford to pick these guys up, especially when they're cheap.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and it all depends where your, your salary cap is. Like, I don't want anybody to think we're talking on both sides of our mouth. Like if you got $40 to spend on Harrison Smith, cause you got $150 in cap from going spend it. If you want the cheaper guys to kind of build it and get it down, go get some of them. Yeah. Get both of them and then you've just improved your team all the way around if you have the space. You know what I mean? So
0: A- absolutely. there's just so
1: many ways to do it and and these guys should be rostered. I, in my opinion, they should be rostered.
0: Yeah. For whatever it's worth. All right. So that gives us all eight. Right.
1: I, all right. I I'm really curious to see how this is going to go.
0: I I am too. I'm very curious. I mean that that'll be something if, you know, just pull and clean off the waiver wire all guys, well not Buckner. And not Smith. All right. So six of the eight guys, I'm confident you could get for one dollar if we could beat the uh, beat the right. at least so the, have, the average.
1: So we have a starting defense still for a, under a hundred bucks. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, we're probably eighty or nine, eighty ninety dollars or something. All in with these guys because we got forty dollar Harrison Smith and thirty dollar DeForest Buckner and, then. and the six other guys. Yeah, as Zons as are under five bucks
1: a piece. They keep us under a hundred.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: It still ain't a bad number on a $1,000 cap. Yeah. And shit, just by taking someone other than Harrison Smith, you can save $40 of that.
0: Yeah, exactly. You are all recording
1: right. this, right? I didn't, in the sheet?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. I think we beat it. I think it's going to be good anyways. I mean, that's not going to be a trash defense. No, no. Six teams should envy at this defense. Yeah. I actually kind of want to go out and put bids in for all of
1: them. Like, it looks pretty decent. <laughs> Uh, as, as I look at on paper, I was going to say it actually just looks nicer than what it was in my head when we were talking. Yeah.
0: So what's funny, Jermaine Pratt and Christian Kirksey are both guys that in the last season have been on my team for a stretch of time. That, you know, then like I had Pratt was using him, was happy with him. But then I saw that David Long thing happening. So I dropped Pratt and picked him up, which I'm glad I did. And then Kirksey I carried all through last season and basically I just decided I didn't need to carry six linebackers anymore or seven even. All right. All right. Yeah, so you got games games of the week here?